Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Physio Accelerator podcast. My name is Phil White and I work with Trish Risby-Roth on the Physio Accelerator, which is an online learning platform where our goal is to help you really love your physio career. I am recording the intro to this first episode after we've just released our 42nd episode because I wanted to tell you a little bit more about what to expect. The first episode is an interview that Trish and I did right back when we first started working together about what we really wanted the Physio Accelerator to be. Then, as you go into the second episode and beyond, most of the episodes are just going to be Trish. Think of it like you had Trish as your supervisor or clinical lead in your practice, and she's giving you all the hard-won lessons that she's learned over the course of her amazing 30-year career. Sprinkled in there once a month are our live Q&A recordings that we do each month on the Physio Accelerator Facebook page. I put the audio up as a bonus episode on the podcast, so you'll see those as bonus episodes Q&A. The goal of the Q&A is to answer the questions that come up while you're listening to the podcast or doing any of our courses. So note down any questions you have and then go into the Physio Accelerator Facebook page and leave them on a monthly Q&A comment section. For the regular episodes, there are a whole bunch of different topics. So at the beginning, she starts off mostly talking about her career and some of the successes and challenges she's had along the way. But if you scroll through to later episodes, you'll see that there's a large array of different topics. So just pick and choose the ones you find interesting and then work your way through. We really hope you like the podcast, and if you do, it helps us grow and helps us reach more people if you share it with your friends and colleagues who you know from your degree or from your workplace, and if you wouldn't mind going on and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms, that makes a massive difference to us. Also, Trish really loves a bit of feedback, so if you enjoyed the episode, send us an email to team at thephysioaccelerator.com. It will really make a day. So I hope you enjoy the podcast series. And if you ever want to put down an idea for an episode that you'd like her to talk about, or you just wanted to let us know that what you listened to has helped, then please let us know. And until then, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Physio Accelerator podcast. My name is Phil White, and I am so stoked to be joined here by Trish Wisby-Roth. It's lovely to be here, and even though it's our first podcast, this has been developing for a long while, Phil, and in actual fact, it's kind of the combination of my 30-year-plus career, so I'm excited. Yeah, this is a project that we've been working on together for probably about a year now. Just a bit of background, Mm -hmm. I have no business being so lucky to be working with Trish, but I, because I'm a recent sort of graduate of, of a doctor of physio degree at Macquarie University and I um, was so fortunate to go to the Sports Medicine Australia conference and do an eight minute little presentation and just be wowed by the rest of the physio community and sports medicine community presenting all the latest and greatest in sports medicine and and my favorite talk of all was uh, Trish doing the number one slot the ref shogi lecture where um, she talked about her great career and I just knew I wanted to be uh Wanted to meet her and thank her for the, you know, inspiring words as someone who just kind of come out into the uh, private practice space. And sure enough, I was lucky enough to find out that she has a blended learning and online uh, course already. And so I I signed up for that and now we're working together. What a dream. (laughs) Yes, but you've, you know, I continually are inspired by younger, passionate physios. There's so many of them and you're exactly one of them with your own unique skills. So it's been great to work with you. Yeah, Phil. just a bit of background. I work in a, a, I have a little private practice in, in North Sydney and I work with people in the gym space who are big on social media and they've turned that into really successful online businesses. And that's just been very inspiring to sort of see the potential for carving a bit of a way into the online space and uh, seeing all the amazing work that Trish has been doing over the last you know, years in traveling around Australia doing courses, but also finding her way on the online space as well. I just, um, yeah, knew I wanted to try and 
facilitate more people learning from Trish. So yeah, very happy to be involved. And I've really appreciated that because, uh, do you know, having been so many years in the profession, you have to move with it, but, but always you need guides. Sometimes they're ahead of you, sometimes they're younger than you. And that's, that's what this Physio Accelerator program is all about, having, having mentoring and guiding. Yeah, each other and, and, and trying to yeah, turn this amazing qualification into a great career. Absolutely. And it can be, but I do think finding your tribe and, and finding your support network is pivotal to you staying long term. 100%. Uh, do you want to maybe give a little bit of a little introduction into, I guess, what the Physio Accelerator is? and um, Sure. Yeah, what we're doing. Sure, Phil. Really, you know, I've spent my career through private practice, Olympic physio, complex patients, and I went on to mentoring and educating, which I love. But what happens with knowledge, I think, is it gets very compartmentalized. So, you know, you go to a course on tendons and you learn everything about tendons. And then you go to a course on whiplash and you learn everything about whiplash. But it becomes so much information that it can become incredibly daunting, particularly in private practice when you're seeing quite a big range of people and even people that may have non-musculoskeletal things that are, you know, appearing to be musculoskeletal. So you've been, you've been a great help with this, Phil, having done your doctorate in physiotherapy to reflect to me doctor of physiotherapy just to be clear oh, sorry. it's the the macquarie sorry. course because yeah otherwise that sounds like a phd which i definitely do not <laughs> right okay but but your way of of approaching me of saying look there's a lot of knowledge out there but the why we do things and you know how to how do i create a really fulfilling successful dream career Really, there isn't any any courses out there for that. And I've been really incredibly lucky through the highs and lows to have had an incredible career. And I think when you sit back and really synthesize that information, there, you, there is a roadmap and you can approach it in different ways. But one of the things with the Physio Accelerator was that I wanted to start off with the why. You know, why do you want to be a physio and how do you get the best out of your career? And also some time frames, because I know myself, I always felt like I needed to be getting places faster, you know? And there's real value in in taking in information and being mentored on how to put it all together because i think those first three or four years if you can put it all together really you're set up for the rest of your your career and then you can build more knowledge so the whole physio accelerator is built around taking the individual and mentoring them and guiding them probably both with knowledge but also psychological support to be the best physio they can be, but also the most fulfilled physio. 
hundred percent. I was always, I was definitely jealous when uh, graduating from uh, a degree a year and a half ago, two years now, whatever it has been, uh, and seeing those people going off to allocations and they have such a clear pathway for their first year where, you know, you get so much support and you get experience in all these um, different parts of hospital physio and then going into the private practice world like it's just there's no systems in place for a similar sort of thing so I think that's where I got really excited talking to you about the potential for the physio accelerator and what we can um, yeah do here so going forward just do you want to give a little bit of an insight into I guess some of the things coming up so we've got this podcast Mm. that we're, we're working on together and just to give an idea of from my side of things I've started recording interviews just like the one you're about to hear that I actually did with Trish a year ago and I'd like to talk to people from all over the private practice and and musculoskeletal world about different avenues in which they've taken physio and and built a career that maybe doesn't seem immediately obvious when you're a new grad starting a new grad clinic. And I've just been blown away listening to the other style of podcast that we've been doing is I'm very excited for you all to listen to that Trish has been recording on her own, sometimes in the car, sometimes in the uh, at the clinic, whenever inspiration strikes. Um, and do you want to give a bit of an insight into what you've been doing there? I've tried to break the podcast kind of knowledge down into three areas. So one really is career progressions and how can you develop a career the way you want to go. And often when you start on that path, Phil, you may not know, but do you know, I've given some general principles and hopefully some support when things are getting a bit tough and we all have tough times in our career. So that's the first part really, a bit about the history of of my career, how I started, the Olympic journey, the ups and downs, and and how you can pivot and turn a negative into a positive for your career. The ones that um, I'm just finishing off recording now are really, significant general principles for physios in their first five years. So all the pieces that you don't learn in a course about setting up a positive relationship with your patient in the initial assessment, key differential diagnosis principles, you know, real principles Red flags was a really like I've had the sneak peek, listened to a few of the ones that are going to be coming up and just things like red flags. It just gives you that confidence in that in the private practice space where it can be so daunting because suddenly you're a primary care practitioner and there's not you don't depending on your situation, your clinic, you don't always have people around that can check in with you. So having, yeah these exciting podcasts coming up that just give you that insight as if you had a just a wonderful mentor like Trish telling you what you need to know and you can access it anytime. So it's very exciting. And one of the things, just to finish off there, because I've been in a career for so long and saw so many variety of things, I'm hoping in this kind of chat way, but but you've got the knowledge there, that if you happen to see somebody that you're a bit concerned may have a systemic neurological condition, you can go back and say, what did Trish say were the two key things? Do you know, so that you don't have to have all this knowledge in your head. And because we don't want this kind of knowledge to get lost, but but it it can be daunting as a physio, but I love physios. I think they're so passionate and I really want to, in this part of my career, keep them in the profession and support them as much as possible. Definitely. And part of the that side of things where you, you're 
it's so hard sometimes uh, when you feel a bit on your own and having a podcast like this is obviously great, but you obviously can't ask questions to a podcast directly. So the plan is to also have a Facebook group where everyone who's in listens and is involved with the different um, sides of Physio Accelerator can, can come on and, and uh, have that kind of community side of things. And again, those people in hospitals, you have your great tea rooms and staff rooms where everyone hangs out together. But yeah, in private practice life, you don't always have that kind of easy connection depending on the clinic you're in and so we're really trying to make a space online where people can you know get together ask physio related questions but also you know ask career questions and and just a place to really connect and yeah help each other out and trish the plan is to be doing uh, some q a's related yeah on there sort of every Mm. like potentially once a month at this stage we'll see how how things go so that's a a space where you can jump on look up the physio accelerator in facebook groups and you can get involved Mm. And I also encourage people, you know, in Q&As to actually say what they're struggling with or what they're worried about, you know, because in private practice, I just find it's hard to get my physios to tell me what what they're struggling with or what they they feel that they're not coping with, because in private practice, you have to look confident, you know, Definitely. so... If you've got a group that you can say, you know what, I really, I'm really concerned about this, or I'm worried I'm not hitting the mark here. I think, I think to have a supportive mentoring group is lacking out there at the moment. Definitely. And then, so that's the content side of things, but there's also some products involved in the Physio Accelerator that will be rolling out over the next little while, which is to take that kind of next step and get some really curated content that is put together in a, in a course. So first up, do you want to explain a little bit about the onboarding course you did with the APA? Mm, mm. So I worked in coordination with the APA and the onboarding is pre-recorded and it goes through crucial anatomy, biomechanics, assessment, treatment, and exercise for cervical spine, thoracic and ribs, lumbar spine, pelvis, and hip. So, you know, lots of people, when we suggested, the APA suggested it to me, most people said it wouldn't be possible to get this type of information in about an hour and a half for each area. And it was huge, Phil, to synthesise it down so I could give new grads or those the first five years out a roadmap so that if someone comes in with a cervical spine issue, you've got a roadmap of what to look for. And so that's what the, the initial onboarding is. And I think it really does that. I'm very proud of it. And it's been a very, very popular thing for new grads. And so that is our first product. And it really, with the live Q and A's, I think it will be a great blended learning online blended learning but it'll be a great resource where if you've done some of the onboarding then i can answer a specific question and i often find with learning you've got 98 percent of it but if you're missing two percent it all seems a bit hazy and then if i if with a answer to a question you find that two percent all of a sudden it all makes sense and that so that's the aim of that definitely and so that's going to be, I guess, starting out on, on launch, what we've got available. But it's, yeah, it's going to be an ever-evolving space with some products already in the line to um, take it to the next sort of step. So do we want to talk about that now or should we, you know, keep it in the... You know? 
keep it under wraps. Up to you. <laughs> up to you. I, what I might do is just say a teaser that we're working on a manual therapy and biopsychosocial mastery course that puts all the pieces together and it's another step up so after the onboarding and you use that information for a little while then this can really take you to a very high level yeah and with all your experience in in working with olympians for yeah 30 years manual therapy skills become more and more important as you're seeing people if you're seeing them every day leading up to a, an event or a, you know the olympics and i think you do a really great job in discussing sort of you know where things are relevant for uh, private practice versus someone who does need that you know i guess yeah. uh, ongoing intensive style attentions and i do think that we you have to make sure to not throw out the baby with the bathwater in that everybody is a top-down information and a bottom-up information and if you can get both working that's how you get olympic performance exactly right so watch this space plenty of things coming but to give you an idea of the uh timing for these yeah we'll have the first episodes going out and then we'll have a weekly release of each of the podcasts with a few of my interview ones popping in there every now and again and if you would like to get on the email list where we'll be also giving good summaries of the lessons learned in the podcast and, and other thoughts from trish and myself then do go onto our website thephysioaccelerator.com and uh, sign up for the email list but until then we'll take a rewind back about a year to around it would have been covid when COVID was just kicking off and yeah, we'll, we'll give you that first interview to listen to, to give you a really good insight into Trish and all her amazing experience. So thank you so much for working on this project together. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Me too, Phil. You've been a great inspiration. So it's been a joy. Thanks Trish. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So we're going to head across to the second half of the interview that we recorded last year. We decided against the first half just because it is a bit more sort of relevant to back when COVID was starting and a lot of the lessons learned and the the stories told are covered really well in the early episodes of Trisha's series that will be coming up. So we're about to get started, but before we do, we're going to hear from our friends over at Astere Australia, who we've partnered up with to help us with our launch. Astor Australia, where you can find Australia's widest and best range of physiotherapy and allied health product. Our complete range of consumables and equipment mean that professionals can spend more time with their clients than on the phone ordering the next batch of products. Download the app, pick up the phone or visit one of our branches today. So just a few rapid fire questions to mm-hmm. um, before we finish up. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back to your, your new grad self, uh, what would be the one bit of advice you, you'd tell yourself? Um, I would say don't try to move too quickly too fast. Do you know I came back from overseas, opened my own practice, did lots of courses, do you know, and I, looking back, I probably opened my own practice a little bit too early. Um, I opened it, I was 25, just before I was 25. And um, it's probably because I don't like following other people's rules, which, which I would say is not a particularly good trait. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say, find your mentor first, because and as you found, if you're there and you've got your own business, but you're isolated, it, it can be it can be a lonely place to be. Yeah, 
I like it. So, yeah. Um, now, with uh, continuing education courses, I'm sure you've done a few of them and now you're, you're running a lot of your own. What's the best one you've ever taken and, and, and why? Um, I, I think probably the tendinopathy courses. I, I did those with, with Jill Cook, Craig Purdom, Ebony yeah. Rio. And, and that is a whole thing that we never thought about tendons before. Yeah. It's a whole rehab strategy for a structure that was just a piece of string that held a muscle to a bone, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so that has been pivotal in changing my thinking. Yeah. And um, and being able to apply the principles from that back to lots of other things, do you know, using isometrics in inner range works for for a lot of muscles that are inhibited to get the body to find them. So I think that's been one of the most instrumental. Yeah, love it. Um, working mm. in a gym population, tendinopathies is uh, most of what I spend my time doing. So I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just love all the work that those guys put out and can't wait to do some in-person sessions with them for sure. Mm. Um, okay. And so looking at non-physio aspects of your life, so hobbies, sports, I don't know, relationships, mm. anything, what do you think has had the most positive impact on being a physiotherapist? Um, my sport. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I've never been an Olympic athlete at anything. So whenever I was with the cyclist, I'd make sure I told them I was a runner. <laughs> whenever I was with the runners, I told them I'm a cyclist because, <laughs> uh, you know, you can never, I always felt that if you failed really badly at their sport, they had a lesser thought of you. So I tried to stay being good at a phys as a physio. But, but over my life, I've done quite a lot of sports. So from... Um, skiing to sailing to triathlon to marathon running to running um, to tennis to squash you know lots of different sports and I think uh, having to train your brain and learn different skills but also get come back from injuries and I've had some yeah. bad injuries in my time and being able to continue to stay fit and strong is motivating you know I can say to a patient look I know you've got back pain but I had back pain after a car accident and it took me years to get on top of it but you just have to keep going and it'll take time yeah. so I think sport has helped a lot yeah, nothing like hurting yourself to really uh, appreciate what other people are going from and learn the what to do and what not to do, I think. Uh. Yeah, and and I think it's very validating for a patient if they hear, yeah, yeah, yeah I injured my knee. And it's like, really? Yeah. Physios get injured? I didn't think physios get injured. Yeah. That's mm, we do. That's why, why I started the career. It's like, oh, spending too much money seeing other physios, I better, better figure it out myself, I think. so. Yeah, they, yeah I think it's but, quite common too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And so now looking at, I guess, some of the conditions that you've seen over the years and um, I think as a new grad it can be quite overwhelming just how many things that can happen to a human body um, yes. what's going to be the most sort of surprising condition that you just came out of left field and you didn't expect to see when you were treating someone over the years um, well probably my most surprising in the early years was um, a vertebral artery um, aneurysm so I had I'd probably had my practice Oh, maybe two years and it was a husband of a patient she made him come because he'd been doing a lot of chiropractic and his headaches had got worse so when he came in 
I sat, sat him down, he had very severe headaches and I was interviewing him and he couldn't turn his neck. And when I was talking to him, he had one fixed dilated pupil. And I thought, uh, this is a bit of an issue. So um, I laid him down and whenever he turned his head slightly to that side, he lost sight through that eye. So I laid him down and put a couple of sandbags on either side of his head rang the doctor, the doctor rang an ambulance and the ambulance came and took him out of my, down and uh, he had emergency surgery that evening and he had aneurysms in both vertebral arteries. Wow. So he lost partial sight of that eye, um, but the surgeon said to him that uh, he he probably only had another 24 to 48 hours. Wow. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. uh... Do you have any tips on like, I guess, just if things don't feel right to call someone else? Or yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, what I would say is if things don't feel right, ring emergency department. Yeah. Because they will, they'll say, look, look at this or look at that. Yeah. Um, I had one other, about the same time in the same six months, I had a guy sent for thoracic spine pain didn't fit a biomechanical pattern and I said to him when is your pain the worst he said and my practice was on the first floor at this stage it was early days he said by the time I got to the top of your stairs I had my thoracic spine pain and I said were you puffy he said it was hard work and I had my thoracic spine pain so I rang the doctor and I said I'm concerned that his thoracic spine pain is actually chest pain yeah so they sent him for a stress test and he died on the stress test. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if it doesn't fit a picture, yeah. ask someone. Yeah. Because, you know, lots of things can masquerade as musculoskeletal. Yeah. Mm. Great advice. Mm. Um, and so looking at the patients that you've worked with, professional athletes or mm. otherwise, who has been the most uh, surprising or inspiring for you that you've... Uh, mm. I would have to say Lydia Lucilla. If For those of you who don't know Lydia, although she's been on Survivor a couple of times now, she was an aerial skier. So I got a call um, about 12 months out from the Winter Olympics from their head person at the Winter Olympics. And they said, we have this athlete and we don't know whether it's worth investing in her or not. We would like to send her back to Sydney for you to do one assessment and you tell us whether she can get to the next Olympics and she's worth investing in or we cut her loose now. Big pressure. So Lydia came in, she'd had a baby and she'd gone back to aerial skiing and um, she was in a lot of pain but she was a tough cookie and I said to her Lydia what is the most painful thing you have to do you know because you're you're doing or you know they were jumping and landing and I thought she'd say landing off a 10 meter jump she said to me the most painful thing is turning over in the middle of the night to get up and feed my baby She said, most other things, when I'm in the zone, I can tense, um, I can block out the pain, but in the middle of the night, she she struggled to turn over, yet she was jumping off 10 metre things into water. Because she, amazing. So 
I worked with her and I said, look, Lydia, we've got 12 months. If you follow all the rules, you don't push it, but you follow all my rules, I think there's a chance you can get there. And do you know what she said to me? She said, um, Trish, I want to go to the next Olympics, but I have a goal. You've got to tell me I can do this goal. And I said, okay, Lydia, well, at the moment you can't turn over in bed, but tell me what your goal is. He, she said, I want to do a triple, quadruple somersault at the Olympics, next Olympics. And I said, um, Lydia, have you done one of those before? She said, no, Trish, I haven't. And no woman ever has done one before. Wow. But that's what I have to be able to do in 12 months time. And do you know the moral of that story? Go on. <laughs> she got to the Olympics and she rang me the night before and she said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it triple, quadruple. And she hadn't landed one before. Wow. She'd almost got it. So she went into the finals. Sounds like she, if you've almost got it, you've probably hurt yourself in the process. Like how do you yeah. train for that? Yeah, yeah crazy, isn't it? So anyway, she in the final, she did her um, triple quadruple. She marked up the landing a little bit but recovered and it was way beyond the difficulty of anything any woman had ever done. So she went into the Guinness Book Record as the only woman still to have done it, but she got a bronze medal because they didn't have a marking for it. What? <laughs> and because she, because she mucked up the landing, she got a bronze. Oh. But she's in the Guinness Book Record as the only woman who's ever done it. Amazing. So it, what, that was incredible. Her, her tenacity her ability to push through pain, her, but also her belief in me that yeah. we would do Skype sessions. And that was quite a few years ago. She would do everything I told yeah. her. And she had a great team around her. But you see her now in Survivor. She is that mental toughness. Yeah, love it. Mm. Oh, mm. What, a, what a story. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. I could talk to you all day, but it's already been an hour. So I know you have plenty to do with, uh, you know, these crazy times we live in restructuring yeah. your whole clinic. So thank you so much for chatting. And, you know, there's just so many nuggets that uh, of t good takeaways there that we could all learn from. So thank you so much for chatting and would love to have you back sometime if you know. Sure, if you, Phil, if you wouldn't sure. And to <laughs> all those young... There. And all those young physios out there, I just want to say when I run courses or I do live webinars, I'm always struck by the passion and the enthusiasm that is still out there. So you can't let anybody crush that. You've got to keep looking to find your group or your mentor who can help you foster that because it's a, it's a really rare gift and I hate to see it be killed. So you can't yeah. let let it drag you down oh, i love it all right thank you so much trish really appreciate You're it and welcome. i'll uh, see you at the next session. All right. okay thanks, thanks for your time and good luck to everyone out there in this challenging time thank you for listening to the physio accelerator podcast if you like what you heard please leave us a review and if you have any friends or colleagues who you think would get something out of it send it their way if you want to find out more about us, head to www.thephysioaccelerator.com and make sure to tune in every Monday for the latest episode. See you then.